0: Welcome to week seven of the Marshand and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marchand, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, and we're glad you're joining us once again. We have a lot of topics to hit on. We're going to talk Wode Schefter-Passin, Sinclair, Sunday Night Baseball with A-Rod and Ravitch, Fox's Strategy, ESPN Classic, and the Pac-12 and ESPN's problems with their production there. Uh, John, how are you?
1: You know, first topic has to be the pod is making national news. Andrew, I was on of uh, the 106.7, the sports junkies yesterday morning. Very nice interview. Talked about the pod. You had a little bit more of a contentious interview t- uh, today.
0: Yeah, I was on. We're, we're taping a little late here on a Wednesday morning because uh, I was on with uh, boomer and geo and WFAN 22 minutes. I mean, boomer's a terp. He should love this pod. He should. And they were, it was pretty good. It was pretty cordial. Uh, their ratings. I don't know if they spiked that from the for those twenty two minutes when we <laughs> talked about New York Post Sports Plus and the advantages of that. Uh, and then you know they uh, I tried to answer their questions. And then we also talked about the pod. Uh, so it was fun, uh, good spot. But yeah, the 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 uh, this podcast is getting some uh, some attention, and, and we're uh, multimedia.
1: So I'm sure they love the pod in the end. That, that that was what you got out of that, right?
0: Uh, yeah, Gio said he hasn't listened, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully he does. Boomer did not chime in, Um, but uh, we're glad you're listening to it. So let's get to it. Who's up? Who's down? On the way up, John, who do you got?
1: Am I on the way up? It's uh, the pr- Premier League. Uh, we're taping this on Wednesday. It's a day before bids are due on the Premier League, so we don't know who's going to get it. But this is what we do know: the Premier League is going to make a lot of money. There, are, there's a lot of interest in in th- this package, and uh, the talk is that they're probably going to double their money. Uh, they're they're just got, they're sitting pretty. They're going to make a lot of money.
0: All right, and next week we're going to go full details into the Premier League. We're going to have our schedule to have Roger Bennett from men and blazers to help us break down that we both have a lot of insight, but again, when you're listening to it, you're soon going to know you might already know who, who got that. So we're not going to go fully into it, but next week we'll go, uh, as you go into your Thanksgiving in depth, we'll go fully into it. Okay. Uh, for my on the way up, Phil Mickelson. Mickelson was on the Manning cast the other day and he was tremendous. He's a guy CBS has been interested in for their golf coverage the problem with Mickelson right now is he's too good at playing golf still. He's still winning majors, uh, winning tournaments, uh, but you can see why he'll be sought after. And again, I'm not all like these, like people act like the Manning cast is new. Uh, it's not really, I mean, obviously they're new, but people have been doing this type of thing for a while. Could you see Mickelson do an alternative broadcast at some point? Maybe. Um, or could he be on with Jim Nance and be on that mean group at some point. I, I could see that as well, but he showed a lot of potential. He had a really good spot uh, for ESPN and the Manning cast.
1: Yeah. Mickelson to me is just like Manning. Manning is a true TV star. He allows his personality to come out. And every time I see Mickelson when he's not on the golf course or, or when he's on the golf course doing you know the match on, on Turner, like he allows his personality to come out and, and viewers re- really respond to that. On the way down, Chris Ripley of Sinclair he is Andrew, r first multi-winner of On The Way Down honors. Uh, Sinclair this week did a deal with Dish Network that did not include the Bally Sports RSNs. The deal did include all of uh, Sinclair's local TV channels and the tennis channel. The reason that it's On The Way Down is the guidance that Ripley and Sinclair gave the financial markets was to expect a deal. So all the financial markets were expecting a deal And when the deal came and it didn't include the RSNs, Sinclair has been punished by particularly the debt markets more than anything else all week.
0: And we'll get in the future of Sinclair and Regional Sports Network. That's topic two. So we'll get that in a little bit. How about you? For my on the way down, I have Tony Romo on Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Uh, They uh, talked about his interview with Pat McAfee. And this is what part of what Romo said. Yeah, and I was glad that he came out and said how he had misled
1: people. And I think the biggest thing, you know, it's a polarizing issue, but I can promise you he felt the weight of it the last few weeks. It's been something that he's not thinking about anything else, and it's been a very challenging, make no mistake, week for him. And coming into this game, I think he's ready to play football, and this organization wants to as well, and try and put that behind him and move on.
0: My issue with that is that he didn't say much, and... He kind of came out in support of
1: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Andrew, to say he didn't say much is to suggest that he said anything there. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, it felt like they were checking a box there. And I know like I hit uh, CBS because they took forever during the Super Bowl uh, with the Chiefs to get to the Andy Reid son uh, story. Uh, and so that, you know, they they took too long in the Super Bowl. That was weird to me why that didn't happen earlier in the Super Bowl coverage. And this one kind of felt forced in there. Um, should they talk about it? Yeah, maybe, but you got to have something to say. Uh, you have to. You can bring it up. They just felt like even when Nance brought it up, he didn't. Nance didn't seem that into it when he even brought up the topic. So that's where um, I think you have to say uh, maybe either don't do it, or if you're gonna do it, say something of significance.
1: Yeah, it was plainly obvious to me they didn't want to talk about it. I thought CBS handled it very well in the pregame show. I don't understand if they don't want to talk about it. I, Tony Rome was there to talk about the football game. I, they didn't go to Tracy Wolfson to get her opinion on it. I, if they don't want to tell unless they had a strong opinion about it, I say, don't don't go to it.
0: You're in New York City. I can hear an ambulance in the background. I'm not sure if that's coming through through the pod. I actually think uh, it might be CBS might be coming to get you.
1: I'm, I'm not in D.C. anymore. I mean, what the heck? This is like the urban jungle here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can see that on YouTube. Uh, If you're listening on the pod through uh, Apple, and then we also are on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your pods. And also you can see our faces uh, on YouTube. All right, let's go to topic one. And I wrote about Jeff Passan, Woj, and Schefter this week.
1: Jeff Passan, he uh, re-signed with ESPN. He is the MLB insider. Uh, You wrote about Woj and Adam Schefter. Their contracts with ESPN are coming up. And everybody's been looking at all these gambling companies angling. They need information. They want the information, guys. And there is expected to be a big bidding war for Woj and Schefter. How do you see this playing out?
0: Yeah, well, first off, let's talk about Patson. He could have gone to one of the betting sites. Uh, ESPN treated him well. He deserves it. Hard worker, breaks a lot of stories. Good writer. He's good on TV, has some charisma. Uh, he went from three years and about 1.4, 1.3, $1.4 to four years in the $4 million neighborhood in total. So a million dollars a year for passing. It's a very significant raise. He's only 41. He's the future of their baseball coverage, uh, and he's excellent. Uh, But he could have gone, the betting sites probably could have gotten more money. Uh, Now you look at Woj and Schefter. Now I've written about this a lot, how gambling companies are becoming media companies. Now one thing that kind of, let me evolve where I've been on this. Yes, they're hiring media people. Are they becoming media companies? And that's where like, will a DraftKings or somebody try to create a mini newsroom, which maybe I would do. I'm not sure, uh, but I would maybe do that because I don't know if these insiders just go just to tweet and break news uh, for a fan duel. Maybe because uh, the money could be significant. Those guys are already making the multi-millions. Uh, but, but that is an interesting summer of... 2022 uh, Schefter and Woj, do they make it to free agency? That would be earth shattering if they moved.
1: It, it really would be. I don't see the gambling companies becoming media companies. I think that they want a like, FanDuel or DraftKings. If they could get uh, uh, Adam Schefter within their, their uh, walled garden breaking news, how great is that going to be for, for them to get better as to know who's not going to play or who's injured or, or what trade is happening uh, to me the second that a gambling company gets actual rights that they can stream from a league, that's when they start to st- take that step into being, a, into being a media company. But is it going to be a newsroom-type situation over there? No, it's going to be sort of one-off information people like, uh, like Schefter or like Woj. But the thing that I'm really interested in is—let's let's use Woj as an example. I, I would suggest to you that this, this is a guy— who breaks news on the NBA 12 months a year, I would suggest that Adam Silver and the NBA want to have him with one of their uh, established partners in order to market the games, in order to get people watching the games more, because that, that, that's what's especially important to them. And so I wonder, and I'm gonna be looking at, how much influence Adam Silver or uh, Roger Goodell are having on ESPN in order to keep these people like within ESPN and not at the gambling sites.
0: Yeah, a lot of people look at the bombs, you know, especially the Woj bombs and you know Schefter's uh, big stories as kind of like what their worth is. But there's also context that they they provide, and that's what kind of puts oxygen into these stories uh, and into their programming, uh, which is important. I do think though, you look at their social scale: uh, ten million between Instagram and Twitter for Schefter, seven million for Woj. How do you monetize that? Can they get ownership of that? Is that a way for ESPN to maybe spend less on salary, let them have ownership of it? But big thing, last thing for me is ESPN is probably going to do a deal in the billions um, for with a gambling company. You're going to have that influx of money. Maybe some of that and their Twitter feeds go, you know, and they some kind of partnership with their Twitter feeds goes to uh, Woj and Schefter types uh, as they go forward. For ESPN.
1: It's one of the biggest stories on our beat, but let's get to topic two.
0: Sinclair, uh, the repeat winner of, uh, you're on the way down. Uh, I think you called it an honor, uh, which I don't know. It, if, is, well, it like, is an honor. They're, they're good enough to be on the, da- on, on the way
1: down. Right. True. You're I'm big enough to so you get
0: it. Yeah, you're right. All right, That's a good way to look at it. All right. When you get complaints, say, uh, you know what? This is a compliment. You're on the way down. You're big. That means you're important. We're
1: talking about you. Would you rather us not talk about you? Come on.
0: I think so. All right. So let's talk about them. Sinclair, Excellent. Let me put this. I like this to, to do this. Uh, John is excellent sports business journal. Um, you know, nobody knows this stuff better than you, uh, but let's kitchen table it. You know, I'm talking at my kitchen table. Tell me what this is going to mean long-term with Sinclair, not able to get their networks, the regional sports networks on dish. Um, is that a start of something happening? You've been talking about uh, regional sports networks and the problems that leagues and teams are, are going to have. And I talked to somebody this week, they said, 2024 is kind of the year where everything's going to kind of hit that iceberg. Um, so what does this mean for the Titanic you keep talking about?
1: It's bad news for Sinclair. It's uh, bad news for the RSNs. But what does this mean? It doesn't mean that much, I don't think, uh, but, uh, so surprisingly so. Uh, Dish Network, wasn't, they weren't carrying the RSNs. Uh, they, they've been off Dish Network for the past two years. And so they would be adding the RSNs back on. So it's not it's not as though the RSNs lost distribution here, and plus Dish Network is known throughout the media business as Charlie Ergen runs it. They 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 ne- never set the bellwether for the rest of the uh, for, for the rest of the industry. The real interesting part is going to come next year, Andrew, and that's when Sinclair's deal with uh, Charter is up, and John Malone and Charter they're the second biggest cable operator. Charter runs the Spectrum Systems. If they decide to play hardball with Sinclair and, and the Dish Network, did, it did set a, a roadmap of, of sorts that you can start to play hardball with them. Uh, if Charter does and they drop the RSNs or they bring the rates to the RSNs back, then that iceberg that you talk about 2024 that could be 2022. It could be coming up real soon.
0: Let me, let me ask you this, though, is that the digital play, right? Sinclair's talked about the digital play. Um, I've talked to people. Uh, I think if, if MLB were to sell their regional rights so people could sell directly, it seems to me ESPN Plus or ESPN or Amazon would be much better players and much more reach are digitally more savvy than Sinclair. Um, is that accurate in your eyes as well?
1: I think that's accurate i but, uh, but on top of that the relationships that major league baseball has with amazon and with espn and i, I also reported in sbj a couple weeks ago with fanatics has been talking about about doing the streams uh, they it's incredible how they've gone from from you know making some selling some shirts to now they're in gambling ticket sales or they're going to be getting into media eventually uh, but the, the the relationships are there Baseball, and, and, and we're talking about, about baseball more than basketball and hockey because baseball has so, many more, so much more content, so many more games uh, out there. Uh, baseball would much rather do a deal with an ESPN or, or, or Amazon or Fanatics or anybody but, but Sinclair.
0: Last point for me is like, how do you make the money different though? Yankees, obviously with yes network, they make a lot more money than the pirates or other teams in smaller markets. So if you did that, they're going to have to, I, I guarantee you, the Yankees aren't just going to be like, let's just split up evenly like it's the NFL. So uh, they're going to have to figure out how you do that differently. Yeah,
1: and then just one final point that, that I'm going to make is, uh, you know, uh, on the last pod, we talked about the possibility of uh, no baseball in, in April And one of the reasons that I'm so pessimistic is because of the RSNs, the baseball owners see that the RSNs, uh, the the money that they're getting from the RSNs is going to continue to drop. And when they go to all streaming, it's not going to be, they're not going to get close to the revenue that they're getting from the RSN. So if you're sitting there as a baseball team, you see long-term, the uh, local media revenues, they're going down. And that's part of uh, what what they're arguing about with the players right now. And that's why I'm so pessimistic. That's a pretty big bridge that they're going to have to uh, cross.
0: Yeah, maybe gambling makes up for that. All right, let's move to topic three. Sunday night baseball. Alex Rodriguez, Carl Ravitch, what is going to happen? John, uh, you know, this is... Oh, my God. (laughs) Are we talking about A-Rod again? Really? (laughs)
1: People want to know about A-Rod.
0: All right, here's what I know. All right,
1: Andrew Marshan, the A-Rod reporter. What's happening right now? By the way, you got scooped. A-Rod just bought Trump's hotel in D.C. You got scooped on that, man. Come on.
0: You know what? When I covered the Yankees for ESPN back in the day, (laughs) I used to have on my Twitter, I cover number 13, which you probably know is Alex Rodriguez's number. Uh, And when my my weird, you know, the great Wally Matthews was my tag team partner covering the uh, Yankees. He used to call me up on a Sunday, right? He'd be in like Baltimore or something. I wasn't I wasn't watching a game. He'd be like, what do you think I should write? I'd be like, I'd write A-Rod. Like, I didn't even watch the game. He's like, A-Rod <laughs> didn't play. it. So I still write A-Rod. All right. So people are interested in A-Rod. Um, and so, look, I'm, I'm told it's probably 50-50. He's coming back on Sunday night baseball. So that's very much in question.
1: ESPN wants him back, right?
0: Game of Thrones always at ESPN. I think there's a divide. Some people want him back who are very important. Some people aren't as keen on A-Rod. Um, and so uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I've written about this. Does he want to work with Carl Ravitch, who does have kind of pole position uh, to be the new play-by-play guy with Matt Vaskirgin, uh stepping away from that job? Uh, does A-Rod want to work with uh Ravitch? Uh, that's in question. Uh, the money uh is in question. Not that A-Rod needs the money, but people... You know, they know what like Tony Romo makes, they know what others make. Um, and so you know, that becomes an issue as well. So, um, I think it might be trending. A rod's not back. I'm not reporting that. So, anybody listening, I am not reporting that. So, please it's not please. a
1: report, but but I, I do want your prediction on this. I have no prediction, I have no inside knowledge well, on this. I don't this. like making What's you, I gotta predict- be honest. As
0: a report, I don't like to dodge, okay? Right? Like, ratings fine, but as I don't like to predict something I'm reporting on, I will say it's trending down. Magic was also trending down, and then ESPN ended up signing him. I was getting all kinds of people telling me, nope, it's not going to happen. Then it did. So these things can change, especially Jimmy Pitaro, the chairman of ESPN, huge Yankee fan, likes A-Rod. Um, Jimmy from
1: Bristol, right?
0: Jimmy from Bristol, yes. A podcast guest. Uh second week, Jimmy Bataro We've also had you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll give you the whole pod list later. Uh next week, Roger Bennett. We
1: started with SVP. Yeah.
0: SVP versus week. All right, we'll do them all. Shaq. Uh, if you go what week six. Um we talk about Shaq. Roger G- I'm, I'm know, excited for Ray Roger Giannotti on WFAN said that everyone's had Shaq on. I don't know. Again, Nobody Shaq has
1: is, Shaq on.
0: Uh, I mean, I look, he does do a lot. It was a good, I think he was a good get. Green Mile, the whole thing. We got different stuff out of them.
1: All right, one more A-Rod question for you, Andrew. Uh, let's just say he doesn't come back. Is Matt Fasker kicking himself for leaving?
0: Yeah, I don't really think so because there was a feeling that before Matt jumped, he might have been pushed. Norby Williamson has a tight relationship with Carl Ravitch uh, and he's one of the top decision makers now on baseball's coverage. Uh, and so there's a feeling that uh, Norby wants Ravich as the play-by-play guy. That's his guy. Um, you know, Ravich has been the lead studio uh, person for uh, MLB coverage on ESPN for a long time now. Uh, he does play-by-play, and that's who Norby wants. So uh, Matt might have not been back anyway. So he got, he got ahead of the game, and he's got the Angel gig, and he's got MLB Network. So I don't know. So I don't think it's as simple as he could have kept the job if he wanted to.
1: All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go to topic four.
0: Yeah. Another uh, A Rod employer, Fox. Now, look, we keep talking (laughs) about streaming, right? And strategy. Let's try. Fox's strategy is different than ESPN with ESPN Plus, CBS with Paramount Plus, NBC with Peacock. Yeah, Fox, they have 2B. I love saying 2B, uh, but they're not really focusing on 2B um, at all. They're not, they have rights, but they don't, they're not putting stuff there yet. Um, Tell me why. Uh, what they're trying to do with Fox and and, and their lack of a streaming platform basically uh, that they're using
1: Fox is looking at all the money ESPN is spending on ESPN plus CBS is spending on Paramount plus and NBC is spending on peacock and they're saying we don't need to spend all that money to build up a streaming service let 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 all those other companies do the streaming services, figure out who's going to succeed, who's going to fail. And Fox has turned it, it, everything over to its, uh, other businesses that they're really uh, focusing on. They're ahead of the game in, in, uh, in sports gambling, I think, uh, in, in terms of the other networks. And they're just focused on really driving other revenue and partnering with the Champions League, they're par- they're going to partner with Fubo TV. Uh, we reported that a couple of weeks ago. This hasn't been announced, but it's it's going to happen. They do have Tubi, so they're able to get some games on, on Tubi. But Fox uh, wants the cable bundle to continue to uh, exist for as long as it can because they're getting a lot of money from it. So they don't want to they, they don't want to uh, streaming lose money on streaming. They want they just want to keep collecting cash from the cable bundle.
0: Yeah. And another thing that I think Fox um, feels, again, some little birdies, uh, is that when you look at prime time, Right with like which shows that used to do well. Friends used to have what twenty three million people watching it. Now the top show does one or two million uh, people, you know. And then you have sports, which is still doing great. But where is that money? Where advertisers used to put that money into Friends? Where is it going? It's going into sports, and they're able to charge more, and there's more demand, and they think that's going to continue, and that's where it kind of their um, strategy goes. All right, move to topic five. You know, a the theme of the podcast, obviously, is so much about streaming, not streaming and cable and linear and everything. Uh, ESPN Classic is going to be no longer uh, started a long time ago. Uh, we watch Classic Games. They try to do some programming. Uh, what's your take on ESPN Classic shutting its doors?
1: You know, ESPN Classic, it started and I loved it. I, I, I think they have the 1984 Doug Flutie game against Miami on every single week. And what happened was when uh, ESPN bought it, it was a Steve Bornstein purchase. And when they, they bought it from Brian Beadle and Steve Greenberg, uh, all of a sudden the, network, uh, the leagues took a look, and they were like, "You don't have all those rights." And so it eventually became, you know, they, they did have the rights to show old boxing matches, and they created a couple of uh, uh, cool shows around it. The sh- uh, uh, Stump the Schwab, you know, be, being one of them. Uh, it, it's it, it was it's notable because this is the first time. ESPN has ever taken a 24-channel dark, uh, and so it, it, it's notable for that. But by the end, it was in 2 million homes, and, and it, it's a bit of nostalgia, but I would suggest most people think that it was already gone.
0: Yeah, the problem it always had is that it didn't, it couldn't have regular programming. It was something, you know, back in the day you could flip to. Uh, I think Mark Shapiro at one point tried to make regular programming, which was a kind of a good thought. Uh, it just doesn't necessarily... Work overall, I think that that idea was good in terms of trying to make that work. But it's just when you just have kind of randomness on, there's not really a reason to turn to it, even if people kind of had some nostalgia for that. And you would think though, online there might be some sort of service, and maybe it's already out there. I'm not even positive where you could kind of call up certain games if you wanted to. I actually think people. It's
1: called it's called YouTube, Andrew. Yeah,
0: good point. There's some kind of is that a new service? I've never heard of it. That's a good. <laughs> I'm like, maybe there's a service. Hmm. YouTube. You don't sound old, Andrew. Oh uh, yes, YouTube. Yeah, yes, that's your right, kids. there is a service. <laughs> um, speaking of last point for me, on I mean, the I was actually living in Miami on that Flutie University of Miami game, and we were going to go to Druckers and people who I don't know. I don't know if is everywhere, but it's a great hamburger place. You just have humongous hamburgers, and we're about to leave. My parents are like, "Hey, you're going to go. Let me watch his last play." And I was a huge. I was living in Miami. I was a huge Hurricane fan, um, and that was a devastating uh, Flutie bomb. To do you remember who he threw it to?
1: Gerald Phelan I was in Ooh. the basement of my DC home watching it, and it was the same thing. I almost turned it off. I was like, oh, let's just see what, what happened.
0: Yep. Flutie, Flutie Flakes, the whole thing. All right. Last topic before we do our calls of the week. Pack 12, John Casano. Um, I think I pronounced his name correctly. I've been a longtime reader of his stuff from the Oregonian. Uh, He's excellent very good writer, at that. great yeah. writer. Um, Hopefully, I said his name correctly, but I've read him forever um, and noticed his stuff out in Portland uh, for a long time. Uh, very good story. Um, ESPN's coverage of the Pac-12 and it's um, really kind of going on the cheap uh, with their production, and the view, and and what you're seeing on your screen. And and he did some fine reporting to find out that yeah, they're just going uh, B level, and now ESPN sounds like they're gonna fix that problem. But uh, that's an issue.
1: Yeah, it's an issue, but it, it really shows the way that ESPN and frankly Fox as well view the Pac-12. They have good brands there that aren't playing good football and haven't for a long time. Uh, and and I, I think that this is illustrative of what's going to happen when the Pac-12 rights come up. That there's, it's a, it's a great time to, to be a, a sports rights holder for, for big leagues, but I, I have a feeling that the Pac-12 might get hurt.
0: Is kind of the topic we were talking about earlier. I mean, Big Ten is the next big uh, right. Ten sitting pretty, yeah. It is, and a lot of people think CBS is going to go hard, but I do think you think about Fox. We talked about their relationship with the Big Ten. You would think that would help them. Uh, big Noon's been a big success, so uh, I do think that incumbency should help Fox. Uh, if they, you know, to retain it. But I do think CBS is going to go hard and going to say, hey, look, we got 3.30 coming up. Uh, it's going to be wide open once the SEC moves. The
1: most viewed window in college football, you can put your, your one game a week there. I think that they, they have a pretty good, uh, uh, especially if they pony up the money and under Viacom, they've been ponying up the money. I think they, they, they can sell it pretty well.
0: You can make a prediction.
1: Uh, I predict that it'll stick with Fox and ESPN.
0: Ah, there you go. <laughs> All right, we move to the calls of the week.
1: The calls of the week. Here we go.
0: Call of the week. All right, we move to our calls of the week. John, why don't you lead us off?
1: I have uh, Roy Philpot who called that great Kansas-Texas game on ESPNU. Uh, Kansas just scored a touchdown in overtime. They're lining up for a two-point conversion to win the game. Let's hear the call. Daniels. Flushed.
0: Daniels. End zone. Caught! Kansas wins it! Jared
1: Casey, the hero, and the Jayhawks
0: find a way.
1: So Andrew, that call was good. It wasn't great. It was good. But the reason I'm making it the call of the week is because there's no reason on prime time on a Saturday night I'm going to be on ESPNU. But I saw a lot of social traffic about this game. I saw it was a good game. And I got in, uh, I got in for the uh, half of the fourth quarter overtime, and was treated to just a, a, fant- a fantastic production. And I, I have some numbers here. Uh, the, the game was the most viewed game of the year on ESPNU. It had nearly 500,000 viewers, which is a big ESPNU number for the whole game. But, but in the final quarter hour, it had 877,000 viewers, which, is, uh, which shows that a lot of people were hearing that traffic going there. And my point is, you never know when you're going to get a big audience to, get a, to, get, to have a big call.
0: John, people are listening. They're like, I've been listening to this podcast for seven weeks. I thought cable was dead. <laughs> Apparently it's not. It's a lie.
1: It's, it's not. I'm a big, long live the bundle.
0: Long live the bundle. Nearly a million people. That's a lie. And that shows you the power of social as well. All right. My call of the week. Also goes to ESPN, one of my favorites, John Champion on US-Mexico, the second goal to seal it. So in the first 85
1: minutes here, McKinney, and again McKinney,
0: dos a zero. A potentially defining moment for a growing yet youthful team. All right, now it's champion uh, using a little Spanish to uh, emphasize the win, huge victory for the U.S. national team. Uh, you know they could, they could. You know, of course, then they come back and they tie. Uh, was it Jamaica? Uh, but uh, but a big win uh, over Mexico. Champions, tremendous. I like Taylor Twelman a lot as well. He's a little more polarizing. Soccer. I mean, I will tell you, if there's one audience that really is passionate about it and has opinions about their announcers, it's soccer. Um, but uh, I like I like that team of champion and Twelman.
1: Harold Twelman, Maryland grad. He's a Terp. Uh, oh, so can we not I, say anything bad about him as well? No, no, no. He did not do RTVF, and I did not share a class with him. So he does not fit in on that. So I, I'm happy to bash him when I need to. I thought that was a great call. He, he rose to the excitement of the moment. And like you said, it would be an all-timer, except for that tie against Jamaica. I mean, come on. I, th- I thought there was a momentum building here.
0: They're well-positioned, though, to, to make it to the World Cup, which, uh, after not making it last time, uh, if they don't make it this time, it would be a major... Disappointment. All right. That's week seven. Next week we'll have uh Roger Bennett from Men and Blazers uh talking uh Premier League reaction. He's scheduled to be on. You can go back and listen to our podcast. Week one, Scott Van Pelt, week two, Jimmy pataro Then we had a couple of weeks where it's just the two of us. Then we had Bob Casas. What was that? Week five, uh Shaquille O'Neal, week six. If you want to hear interviews, but then also we talk shop every week. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe to John's newsletter and the, the uh, Sports Business Journal. For me, you can read my newsletter every Monday from Post Sports Plus, our new subscription add-on service. Uh, and then everything else is free. Um, but uh, we thank you. If you rate and review the pod, that apparently helps. And so we appreciate Andrew. You.
1: Andrew, you didn't mas- mention WFAN, WJFK in DC. Come on, we're, we're, we're multimedia here, man.
0: Yeah, I'm doing, yeah, it's just, there's there's podcast, there's uh, um radio show. So uh, yeah, you can hear us a lot of places and we enjoy, uh, hopefully you're enjoying this. We're enjoying doing it. And so uh, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanksgiving edition. No, no weeks off for the pod. No weeks off for the pod. Uh, we'll be back and uh, you can uh, listen to it next week uh, at your family dinner. Thank you guys. <laughs>
1: That's what that's certainly what we're going to be doing. Thanks a lot for listening to the end.